As you grew up, did you have a favorite hangout spot? Where was your favorite place to go to hang out? We, we uh, lived in uh, southwestern Ohio in the farmlands of, of that part of the country, and our big hangout spot was after the basketball game. The basketball games that I got to attend, the ones that were on Tuesday night and Saturday night, Friday night it was always out, but on Saturday nights, uh, because we didn't have school the next day, I went to this pizza place. I don't even remember the name of it, but it was in New Vienna. We said New Vienna, uh, and it's spelled V-I-E-N-N-A, and I, it didn't hit me until a couple of years ago that that's Vienna, as in Austria, New Vienna, but in Ohio, it's just New Vienna. So anyway, we, went to, we would go to New Vienna, and we would, we would hang out and, and have pizza and drink Coke or Dr. Pepper or whatever the uh, Fanta Orange, always was uh, partial to Fanta Orange uh, when I could get it, but just hang out and, and spend some good time with my friends. With my family, uh, one of the things that we, we loved to do was just go walk out in the woods behind our house. We had about eight to ten acres uh, behind our, our little house. Ohio is filled with these little tiny woods. Uh, as you drive through the cornfields, you'll see this section of woods here and this section of woods here. And we were very blessed to have a section of woods behind our home that uh, was not ours, but we would go back in it. And the people lived way up, uh, miles and miles away in Columbus, 48 miles away. Uh, so they never cared if we went back there. So we would love to just hang out as a family and go out and get wood, bring wood back uh, from trees that had fallen. We'd drag it back, cut it up, but just hang out as a family or ride our bikes through the woods. We uh, set up paths and, and just hung out together. What about in our homes? Did you have a, a place uh, or a situation or, uh, that, that you love to do uh, to hang out with the family in your home? A place where you could, uh, where it followed certain characteristics, a known, it was comfortable. You could just relax. Where uh, as you kick back with one another, thoughts began to flow and created an atmosphere for conversation. As you think back in, in your family experience, I have several. Uh, one was uh, sitting on the front porch with my mother in the town of Sabina. Uh, as I've told you before, it was uh, such a metropolis of 3,500 people that when I was eight, my dad said, we've got to get out of the big city and move into the country. So we moved out, in, into, the, the, uh, out into the real, real rural area of uh, Reeseville. But, but we would sit on the front porch and my mother would read from the Bible story and we would, uh, she, we had the purple hymnal uh, back then and uh, she would uh, sing songs. We would sing our favorites, uh, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord uh, for it was he who made great lights, all of that. But we would sit and, and uh, on, on the swing and, and, and sing and listen to the stories uh, from the Bible story. Really enjoyed that. My dad wasn't in the church then, but uh, my dad came into the church later, and uh, Friday nights would be memorization scripture nights, and afterwards we would have large vats of ice cream and uh, hang out by the wood-burning stove and, and sit and talk and be a family. In the summertime, when it was really, really hot on Friday nights, he might turn on that, those, those little tiny 
round metal fan that he put on top of the wood-burning stove that thankfully he didn't burn in the summertime. Uh, it was typical in, in the wintertime to where it would be 95. Uh, he, he, we had the, the thermometer and the barometer and all that right there in, on the living room wall. It would be in the upper 90s uh, in, in, in the living room and in the 50s in, in the back rooms. But uh, thankfully, he didn't do the wood-burning stove in summer. But he may put that little round fan which, which had... The, uh, you know, it just wouldn't survive nowadays. You couldn't buy a fan like that because the gaps between uh, the metal outside were about four inches. So you could stick your whole arm through there. But again, you know, most, most of us were realizing that that would be somewhat idiotic to do. So, uh, but anyway, we, we, we sometimes on Friday nights would have the fan and the fan uh, oscillated and you might get just a little breeze uh, at some point, you know, every uh, 20 or 30 seconds. But, but we, we were there, we were there. We went through that together we, and we had our ice cream to cool us down. But it was, it was our, our family time. My junior year in college in Pasadena, unbeknownst to me, a, a friend was trying to work out a situation to get me to meet this girl named Lisa. Uh, so we would go to, uh, he'd say, we're all going to go to Huntington Beach. Let's go to, to Huntington Beach. So we'd jump in uh, this fellow's van and, and drive out to Huntington Beach, and they had fire pits there. And we'd, we'd go, we'd roast marshmallows or, or roast hot dogs and uh, build a fire right there on the beach and just talk and talk for a couple hours at night on a weeknight and then, uh, then head back to campus before uh, the unofficial curfew time. They didn't really have a curfew in Pasadena, but it was if you came back late, what they determined was late, it was not good. So we knew we needed to get in before whenever that was that was late. But, but we had a good time. We just sat around, we talked. We, we had a fellowship and a connection. Now, uh, as you heard me talk before, one of our favorite things to do in our family in the evening is just to sit around in the living room around 8 o'clock or so, and especially with the colder weather that we've had of late, get the fire going, uh, turn on a Pandora and listen to cool jazz and have a nice little drink, uh, one little small drink, and sit and just talk and chill out and, and let let the conversation flow as the evening goes. Uh, let's turn to Psalm 27. Psalm 27. I love this, this passage as David makes a statement here coming up in verse, verse 4, but let's start in verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The eternal is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 27, verse 2. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. And then he makes this statement, one that you've read before, I'm, I'm sure, but one that continues to speak to me as I reflect on my life, on, on what I really value in life and what I should value in life. Do you value this? Verse 4, one thing, one I have desired of the eternal, and that is what I will seek. What is that? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire 
in his temple. That one desire, this this thing that I have desired, this one thing that I have desired to dwell in the house of the eternal. I often think as I reflect on some of these experiences in my life of, of of what really makes hanging out with the family uh, in our homes, some of those, those times that we really enjoy that we say, wow, you know, th- this is neat. This is neat. It's, it's, a, it's a precious time. It's a, it's a regular time that hopefully we're able to establish in our families that, that is special, precious time, be it with husband and wife or, or the family gathered together, to, to have that desire, to, to yearn, for, yearn with that desire, to be able to be in that home environment. Uh, you know where I'm going with this uh, in, in terms of, of, of that and what we enjoy on the physical level and on the spiritual level as, as we interact as family members. Uh, but we take that to this situation of what about in our relationship with the eternal? How strong is our desire to dwell in his house, uh, spiritually speaking, to be there in a situation in a, a, a communing with God in, in, and seeking opportunity to have that as often and in as quality a way as we can. What do we enjoy most about being in our homes with family or when we have folks over or when we're in our homes by ourselves? Uh, with, with others, communing with others, communing with ourselves when we sometimes have time to just think and process, just to, to be alone sometimes in our own home and, and think and process and ruminate, or also in that time, those opportunities we make to commune with God, to, to literally dwell in his house, figuratively and literally, as we, we were coming before God, before his throne. What I want to do today in this uh, short message is to talk about two practical ways to dwell in the house of the Lord. Uh, hopefully these will, they're, they're pretty simple, but hopefully these will be something that you consider along with other ways of, of how can I, well one, I, I've, got to, I've got to possess that desire to dwell in the house of the Lord. Ask God for, for help in that. If, if we find ourselves desiring other things uh, beyond striving to dwell in the house of the Lord. Ask God to help us experience that desire and, and to work with that desire to really want to be dwelling in the house of the Lord. But let's talk about two practical ways to do that today. This first one we won't spend too much time on, but it's, it's one that I experience from time to time. It's one that uh, I, I found that kind of just happens to me uh, more than, than really actively engaging in it, and I'm, and I'm going to strive to actively engage in this more, more frequently uh, in, in the days and months ahead. But let's go to Ephesians 5 to see this. A practical, one practical way to dwell in the house of the Lord. I bet there are many here that do this. Uh, so you would say, well, of course, Burnett, I, I, I do this often. Uh, I would say there are others who do not. And if so, uh, Please listen, because I think it's a, a very important way. And I guess we could call it, uh, it's a way of spiritual multitasking. Uh, spiritual uh, multitasking. Is, is it okay to passively dwell in the house of the Lord? Uh, I submit to you, yes. There, there are, are passive uh, 
aspects of dwelling in the house of the Lord, and there are active aspects of dwelling in the house of the Lord. This first one is, is kind of more of a, of a passive uh, kind of way to, to practically dwell in the house of the Lord. What we're talking about here is how to dwell in the house of the Lord when we're engaged in another activity. When, when we, we know we've got jobs, we've, we've, got, uh, we've got interactions with others, but how can we dwell in the house of the Lord? We've got times where we're out, out working and, and focusing on that work, but, but is there a way that we can continue to stay connected with God? You know, there's that whole concept of pray without ceasing. Well, here's, here's a thought. Uh, Ephesians 5, verse 15. Ephesians 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16, redeeming the time. We, we've read that. We've, we've heard messages on that. But uh, because the days are evil. But how do we make use of the time? And, and in this Greek word of, 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 the, of recognizing the season there, the opportune or fit time you know, to, to redeem that. Because these days are evil. He says, don't be unwise but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? Uh, what did David say he desired? No, what his desire was was to dwell in the house of the Lord. God wants us dwelling in his house. He wants us to be thinking on his way of life. Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine. It's dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit. And then he says in verse 19, this, again, this is very practical, very simple, uh, but speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, and singing uh, and, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Singing songs and making melody in your heart to the Lord. I just give a little example of, of what I experienced uh, this past week. In Sherman last Sabbath, Jeremy Lawyer was our song leader, and he led a hymn which we know well that. It just got stuck in my mind this week. It just got stuck, and it stayed stuck in my mind. And I'm glad it got stuck in my mind. But uh, it did. It is the, the hymn, Great God Who Made the Universe. Do you have hymns that, that get stuck in your mind? Do we, do we sometimes actively try to, to stick some of those hymns, those songs, in our mind, and then multitask, as we're doing the activities that we're doing, uh, we're, we're thinking of that hymn. We may think of the tune, the catchy, the catchy tune of it, and the words that go along with that. Is, the, is that idle, idle thoughts? Is that this, that? It, it's, it's passive in that we're engaged in something, but sometimes we have certain kinds of activities in which we're involved where we can kick in this other element of our brain, this other element of our, of our thoughts, that, that has us kicking that around while we're involved in this. And I think we, we get this, that if, if, if my mind, your mind and my minds, it, my minds, my many minds, uh, the 17 personalities of Burnett, sorry about that, but, but if my mind is, is engaged in this activity, yet this other aspect is, is churning in there, uh, the, the opportunity for me to get into stray thoughts and thoughts that are, are not productive or, or that are outright wrong are very limited because I've got this going on in the back of my mind. And in a sense, it's, it's, a, it's a, 
a making melody in our heart to the Lord. Please bear with me as we think about this. Think, think about how we can passively be thinking of, of just this tune as we go through our activities. Great God who made the universe and, and knows the stars by name, who set the sun and moon and all the planets in their frame, who made a billion galaxies and he scattered them through space, who made a jewel and, and called it earth and gave it honored place. He made the day, he made the night, he made the wind that blows, he made the sky, he made the land, he made the rain and snow. He made the mountains and the plains, he made the shining seas, and he blessed this earth with greenery and shaded it with trees. All living things on earth he made, yes, every beast that breathes, the birds that frolic in the sky, the whales that sport at sea, all cattle and all creeping things, all creatures great and small. And then a man and woman with dominion o'er them all. The seventh day he made a time of rest for God and man that we might ever mindful be of his eternal plan. Why did God labor mightily to make this earth we see, to give a cradle to all life and grow his family? When Christ shall come to earth again and curses shall be done, and beautiful as earth was made, it shall again become. But even still, more beautiful, new heaven and earth shall be, and God at last shall dwell with man for all eternity. That was stuck in my head the very next day as I was out raking leaves. And uh, I had, uh, I wait uh, every year till January to rake the leaves, except with the live oaks out front that make up their own minds when they want to have leaves come down. But, but the, the one in back, this, this giant oak tree uh, that we have, it finally sheds nearly all of its leaves by January. I have tried, I, I've done the, the, I'm gonna rake like six or seven times, and, and then it just gets incredibly frustrating because you rake and then the very next day, the same amounts out there. So anyway, I just wait. I wait, but the problem is, is when, when I wait, it accumulates, and it's massive piles. Uh, all different places in the yard, and and I'm thinking this is going to be a this is going to be a job. I can't do the mower over it because the pile is like this high in these places. So then it just chomps everywhere, and I, I don't have a high end mower. So I just okay, I, I've got to rake this, and I know that it's going to take six or seven hours. Uh, Despite my physical prowess, uh, which is limited, it's going to take me six or seven hours. So I just got to carve out this thing, and I've got to get it done. Well, uh, last Sunday was the day that I needed to get it done. It was a little colder day, not as cold as today, but it was 50 degrees. And my wife and I had gone on a walk that morning, and the wind wasn't blowing. I was excited. It was going to be a great day to rake leaves. And then I'm telling you, as soon as I got ready to start raking leaves, the wind started blowing. And I, I always have found myself getting so frustrated when the wind starts blowing, because which way is it going to blow? Uh, he made the wind that blows, as that song, as, as that hymn says. I, so I started thinking about that. Yeah. Now, wait a second. He makes the wind that blows. It blows here. It blows there. This is our creator God who changes, changes things. I'm going to allow the wind that God makes uh, to blow, and it's blowing in this direction. So I'm going to work with the wind today and not work against it. And so I'm beginning to think all of 
that. I used to have conversations with, with Jeff when uh, my brother-in-law, Jeff, and I would rake leaves. Uh, Jeff always got the blower, but I, uh, we would be raking, and then as soon as the wind would start to shift or change, uh, I would... I, would do this just to have a little bit of fun with Jeff, but I was also slightly frustrated. I would, I would imagine the wind changing, and I would say, stop, please stop, right? And Jeff would say, bro, the wind doesn't hear you. It's not listening. And so, it, anyway, I would always do that, and we, Jeff and I had a lot of fun with that. But, but, but Sunday, I worked, and I cooperated with the wind, and I, only, I did talk to it a few times, a few frustrating times, but just a couple. Uh, but the whole... The whole aspect of, of being out there, and I, 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 could, I, could, I had to focus on, on my leaf raking and, and the bags that I would be filling. I had 17 bags in one large trash can, uh, getting all of that. But, but in the process, I, I had time to, to just let that song go through my head. And, I, and as I was out there uh, in the backyard, I'd see the rabbits that would come out of nowhere. Uh, I was hoping I didn't see any rats come out of any of those big piles, and I did not, thankfully, see any. But, but I was out there in nature and, and, and raking, and the rabbits going here and there, the squirrels were there, and all the, the creeping things that could potentially come up. But it, it, the, the song just continued to stay in my head, and I found that as, as it did, I thought on godly things, and I didn't think about other things. I, I could have plugged in my earbud and listened to the, the, the Eagles, you know, 1971 through 75, their greatest hits, you know, One of These Nights, Witchy Woman, Life in the Fast Lane, really spiritually uplifting songs. Uh, you know, they do have some others, but, uh, you know, I'm already gone. I heard some people talking just the other day. They said you were going to put me on a shelf. Let me tell you, I got some news for you, and you'll soon find out it's true, and then you'll have to eat your lunch all by yourself. You know, I, I could get into my Eagles songs and, and listen to all of that, uh, but I thought, no, I, I, I'm not going to do that because uh, I, want, I want to have productive thoughts. Not that there's not a time to relax and enjoy some music, but... But uh, by multitasking in that way, I got a peaceful, easy feeling. That's, some of you know that. That's another eagle song. But, but it was from Great God Who Made the Universe. I, I just ask, for those of us who, who don't maybe tend to multitask in that way so much, next time you're involved in an activity where, hmm, what, what am I going to do with my thoughts while I'm doing this activity? Could, could it be a way of praying without ceasing? Could it be a way of, of, of passively thinking of God's ways to be able to be in our thoughts and in a sense in that with God to dwell in the house of God? Just throwing that out there. One, one neat way that, that I've found as I've gotten older, I, I really enjoy that. A second way, let's go to 1 John 1. 1 John 1. And this gets more in uh, the, the actively communing with God. We talked about this a couple of years ago. We, we hear a variety of messages on prayer. Uh, I, I think mine was uh, something about uh, stale or vibrant prayer uh, that I had given. But a second way, a second practical way to dwell in the house of the Lord is to actively commune with God. 
I, I tell you, of the, of the questions and, and the subjects of counsel that, that, I, that I've gotten over the years from, from brethren who've reached out, one of the ones that continues to, uh, to come forward uh, to me, young and old, uh, is this. You know, I, I, I just feel I, I have a difficult time. It's hard to pray and study. I, I can't seem to find the time. It feels stale. It feels stale to me. I find myself saying the same things over and over. Uh, we, we have the outline prayer. Uh, Mr. Mr. Cobernot uh, really did a good job of coming in at, at another angle of that in terms of thinking of what, uh, of what Jesus Christ was talking about just in the aspect of us and our but but I you know or or I'll, I'll get into that that mode and I find myself myself again again my multi personalities I find myself talking about the same things over and over in the same way I don't feel like I'm really connecting I don't know how many of us uh, kind of fall into that at different times if, if you do uh, this is uh, one way hopefully it's a practical way to actively communicate with God. 1 Corinthians 10, uh, don't turn there, but it, it talks about this, this cup of blessing which we, we bless. Is it not the, the fellowship, the communion, the communing uh, with the blood of Christ, the bread which we break? Is it not the communing, the communion, the sharing, the fellowship of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body. We all partake of that one body. We're all part of that same family. We think about that especially at Passover. We're all dwelling in one house. We're all striving to commune together with, with God, uh, Christ, and, and with one another. First John speaks to that. First John 1, verse 1, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, John says, this, this, this being which we have looked upon and, and with, with, our, with our hands have handled concerning the word of life. This life was manifested. We've seen this and we bear witness of that. And we declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, speaking of Jesus Christ. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us, this, this communing together with us. Truly, our fellowship, our sharing, our, our communion here, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That is where our, uh, to, to uh, coin what uh, Mr. Cobernot discussed, that's where our fellowship is. Our fellowship with one another it is ultimately here with God and Christ. That, that's the goal, is, is the fellowship to come into the communion with him, this connection to him. He says, these things we write to you that your joy or, or our joy may be full. This is the message which we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. So I, how am I walking? How am I thinking? How am I during uh, activities of this or this or this? Uh, am, I, am I dwelling, as we talked about, in, in that, uh, as the Lawrence Welk group uh, used to say, to keep a song in your heart? Do, Am I, am, I active, am I passively communing with God? And then as we come to talk about this fellowship and this connection, do we also uh, 
walk with him in that light and, and practice that light. Verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if, if, our, if our fellowship, uh, our communion, our, our connection of all that, if that is truly with God the Father in Jesus Christ, uh, how, how is that going? How is, how, how is that desire in each of us to dwell in the house of the Lord? Where would you put yourself in that situation. We recognize it in families. We recognize for, for us to be able to have good, strong, healthy, connected, happy families, we've got to connect with one another. We've got to spend time dwelling in the house with one another. You know, there's a recent article uh, from uh, the Prepare and Enrich blog, uh, Four Healthy Habits of Couples, of Married Couples. Here are four healthy habits to which to commit together. Sit down to, to a meal together once a day. Deep thoughts by preparing and rich. But, but how many do that? How many families uh, do that to, to, as they dwell in, in, in their house? Uh, how many spend that time and do they make it a, a, a goal to at least sit down with one another as a family once a day as is best possible? Secondly, to do something active together at least once a week. How, how often are we doing that? Are we striving to do that as a family, to, to have an activity that we do together? Committing to a daily workout by yourself is a challenge on its own, so we understand that coordinating both of your schedules more than a few times a week may be unrealistic. Start small. It doesn't have to be a strenuous 90-minute sweat session. It could be an evening talk or an hour of playing with your toddler together. You may find yourselves getting more intentional about staying active together, a win-win for your relationship and your health. The desire to dwell in the house. How strong in our families is, is our desire to dwell in that house together? You know, by, by extension, it, it's all about uh, the greater picture of how strong is our desire to dwell in the house of the Lord, to, to dwell in God's presence with him. Stash your phones for at least an hour every night. Boy, you wouldn't think that that would be a, a challenge, but for everybody to stash the phones and put the phone away. I'm, I'm not going to listen to the little beep or, or the little whatever the uh, notation is of this, this, uh, this email or, or this text that just came in or this phone call to, to take some time to step away and actively communicate with one another. Phone addiction is real, and sadly it can cause major interference in staying connected to our partner, in staying connected to one another and the families. And the other thing uh, is to de-stress regularly. That's another big one that they say. Learn to manage stress and supporting each other in doing so will pay dividends throughout your relationship as well as your physical and mental well-being. Have a conversation to learn more about each other's stress tendencies. What causes us to feel stress? How, to show, how we show that we're stressed? What helps relieve that stress? But to create opportunities to, to work on that within our own homes as we dwell in our house together as a family to, to, 
to uh, connect in that way and, and then as a family be able to de-stress through the challenges that we face. The same thing is, is, is present as we, as we actively seek to dwell in the house of the Lord, as we actively seek to commune with him uh, in that we, we deeply desire daily to have that time to, to settle and to talk and, and be with my God because I enjoy that so much. So with that said, uh, in, in thinking about that, I'd like us to consider this little exercise we're going to do. Let's go to Ephesians 1. You know, I just read four ways to actively commune with, uh, commune with one another. It could be good friends, uh, a family situation. How does it work with God? Uh, we think of how it works in marriages and families in the home, but how do we foster that kind of relationship with God to where we're actively, in a vibrant way, communicating? communicating with him. I said we'd do two little practical ways today. The one, again, was to keep a song in your heart, a, a godly song as we're, as we're multitasking. But here, here is the other one. If, if, it, if we truly desire, if we truly desire this one thing I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord, if you can say that, do, do you? If, do I? Do I really truly desire to dwell in the house of the Lord? This is the one thing that I really want to do. Uh, here, here is the next, uh, the, the, the example of how we can strive to do that. Ephesians 1, verse 1. We're going to do a, a little exercise, and, and I, I would frankly prefer it if you never even look at me here in the next uh, uh, five, six minutes or so as we read through this, this passage of Scripture. What I would like uh, for us to do is to, is to as we read this, reflect on how this can be an element of our, of our prayers in, in actively communicating with God. What I'm getting at is commune with God, actively commune with God by allowing him to begin the conversation. We think about that in, in prayers. Have we ever thought to, I'm going to begin the, I'm, I'm going to begin this this interaction with God by having him actively communicate with me first uh, instead of me initiating it. It, it, It's it's a different way. It's not the way, but it it is a way, especially if we feel our, our prayers are getting a little stale or a little routine of where I'm saying the same thing over. So we think about what God has just discussed with us as we read his word, and then we pray in, we, in response to what he just said to us. Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, verse 1. Paul, uh, Paul states this, verses 1 through 14 is an element of this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ to, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Hopefully that represents you and me as well, the faithful in Christ Jesus. He says to them, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he's in this mode here of, of I would submit to you that in terms of our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our, our Father who is in heaven, may your name be hallowed. These, these, these 14 verses speak to 
that first aspect of the outline prayer. This is an aspect of a way in which we can cover that point as we begin to address, address God to, to hallow him. Think, look at how this does this and, and how we can do this, how we can listen to him and respond to him in prayer through, through, this, through the outline as God would intend us to do. So he says here, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. As, as, so as, as I start my prayer then, I am I'm acknowledging God for who he is and how, how blessed this situation is. May he be blessed for, for all the greatness that he has, that he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. If I start my prayer that way, listening to him say that to me, and then I reflect that back to God, as I think about that great God as I come before you, I, I am blessed with every spiritual blessing beyond what I could even imagine. I am one of the most blessed people in the world at this time to be able to be in this kind of a relationship with you and for you to reach out and, and put me in this position in, in the body of Christ to, to be a part of of your son's body, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He pre predestined us to the, to the adoption, uh, Vines talks about, by putting us in the position as sons. Our Father, this great God that he is, may your name be hallowed because you have put us in this position as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. God, you have, you have done this out of your good pleasure. You didn't do this grudgingly. You are, were so happy to, to put us in this position. Who are we that you should do this for you, that you should do this for us? Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace. All that God's favor that he's bestowed upon us, we didn't deserve any of this, yet he's done this for us by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Through whom or in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace, which he made abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, in all wisdom and, and discretion and understanding. God has given us all those things. That is... Our Father who art in heaven, how may your name be hallowed. There is an extreme sense of thankfulness that, that we're initiating our prayer with God as we recognize all that he has done. And, and, and we may even take time in, in reading that and listening and thinking and reflecting in our lives of how God has done that for us, how, how we recognize where we were and where he brought us and, and the, the fact that he has placed us in this, that we now abound with every spiritual blessing, uh, this whole thing uh, through his blood according to the riches of his grace. It's like we've won the lottery. Uh, you know, we, we've won it all. It's $500 million just came to us spiritually. And, and who, how did we get so lucky? And then we realize, no, it, it's not a luck thing. God the Father, in his love and in his mercy and in his grace, reached out to each of us and said, I want you now to, to, to uh, come to me and be in this position as, uh, with me for, for my good pleasure, which, which I've purposed in myself, for, for, for you to experience. Uh, and not only that, as we said in verse 8, in all wisdom and prudence. 
what, what we've been given knowledge-wise. Uh, you see what I'm saying? That as if we, if we start a, a prayer like that, sometimes by listening to God and let him start the communication with, with him, then our prayer to him as we start our prayer reflects his mind and and, and it's active and it's vibrant because we're thinking on, on his word of what he's told us and we're reflecting on, yes, I, I am so truly blessed in so many ways. I'm going to respond back to God in, in, in thanksgiving and, and take all the time that I need to talk about those details, about the various ways that I recognize this, that God has done this for me. Uh, what a wonderful blessing this is. It creates uh, an active, vibrant communing with God through thankfulness as we hallow his name. Does that make sense? It, so many scriptures that we, with which we can use to do that. And in fact, I've got a, a set that if you would like to uh, see some of the various uh, prayers and different uh, psalms and, and songs that are out there to, in, in God's word to, to read and reflect upon to help generate sometimes our thoughts as we commune very actively with God. A second element with that in this whole thing of actively communing with God is this whole aspect of, of what we would call intercessory prayer. And we, we understand intercessory prayer. We, we, do, we do that. We pray for others. But here's another element of that. Again, hopefully this, this will be something practical for you uh, as, as I find it's practical for me in helping me have a vibrant prayer life with God, even for intercessory prayer and praying for others. It's right here in this same passage. We'll read uh, just a bit here. Ephesians 1, verses uh, 15 through chapter 2, verse 10. I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm just going to read a portion, going to read a portion of it. But think about this in terms of, of a, from a prayer standpoint. Okay, verse 15, therefore, uh, Paul says, I, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, as he's reaching out to the brethren here in Ephesus, he says this, I do not cease to give thanks for you. He's talking about giving thanks for them uh, as he's praying to God. He says, making mention of you in my prayers. So does it end there? It doesn't end there. He, he's talking about intercessory prayer, and this is how he prays for the brethren. This, this is a way that I can pray for each of you as I think of your situations, the, the, the challenges that you have ahead, the, the physical health uh, challenges that, that some of us here in the congregation may have, the spiritual challenges, the, the difficulties in, in various aspects of life that, that we may have, to where I, think, I strive to think of each of you as I pray for you now in this realm. This is, this is the intercessory prayer that he's praying. This is the, the big picture thing of praying for others to help them, in a sense, dwell in the house of the Lord. Look, look at what he says here. Making mention of you in my prayers that... So here's what he's praying for, for the other brethren, that the, the other brethren, the, the people of Ephesus that are in God's church, that they would, that they would grasp these things that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Do I spend time in intercessory prayer praying these kinds of things for each of you, 
for, for various ones of you as I, as I recognize some of the things that you're going through. The, praying for God to help uh, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. To actively pray to God and plug a name in there. Plug a name of someone that you know, maybe a name of someone that you know who's spiritually going through a a challenge uh, for a couple that's preparing to enter into marriage, that that God would help them uh, understand and grasp the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand? hand in the heavenly places and it goes on and on chapter 2 all the way through uh, verse 10 speaks at least as I read that I I see verses 15 all the way through chapter 2 verse 10 encapsulate the kinds of things that Paul is thinking about as he's praying for the brethren in Ephesus so I I would ask uh, as 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 an experience, strive to do that. Maybe maybe take a passage like that and read that and think of brethren's names and individuals who are going through things and pray these kinds of things that God would bless them in these areas as as these speak directly to that, that goal of dwelling in the house of the Lord. With that, let's turn finally to Psalm 28. So as I mentioned, uh, look, look at examples of people in Scripture uh, communing with God in prayer and song. I've got, I've got that list. If you'd like, uh, like a copy of that, just send me an email and I'll send that uh, to you. But as we, as we think about it, is it really our, our, our chief desire to, to actively commune with God, to dwell in his house in that respect? Finally, here, Psalm 28. Psalm 28. Hopefully these... These two ways of, of uh, hopefully practical ways will help uh, invigorate uh, our, our prayer life and, and intensify our prayer life, take it to a, a deeper, even more active communication with God and thus dwell in his house. Psalm 28, Psalm 28, verse 1, he says to you, I will cry, O Lord, my rock. I'm going, I'm going to come to you, God. You are my Lord. You are my rock. Don't be silent to me, lest if you're silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands towards your holy sanctuary. As I might add, after all, it is my chief desire to dwell in your house. Verse 6, blessed be the eternal, because he's heard the voice of my supplications The eternal is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song, I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, or as the margin renders, the Lord is the strength of his people, and he's the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also and bear them up forever. Keep a song in your heart. Keep a song in your heart. Actively communicate with him and thus dwell in his house, which is our chief desire. Is it our chief desire? 